0: To the Gackle Report, brought to you by the Bay Area News Group. I'm your host, Paul Gackle, coming to you from the Gackle Report studios in West San Jose. Mark Edward Vlasic takes another poke at the NHL. The Matt Duchesne sweepstakes come to an end, and the Sharks have found a defenseman that they might be able to dangle out there on the trade market as the winter progresses. But folks, I woke up this morning with a little extra jump in my legs. I've been flying up and down the ice because we've got the Tampa Bay Lightning rolling into the SAP Center tonight. And this is just one of those games that over the course of an 82-game grind, you this is the one you highlight on the schedule. This isn't work at all. This is why you love this game so much that you can hardly bleeping stand it. It's because of nights like tonight. And a nice little treat to have early in the schedule, I've got to say. I can't wait to see this Lightning team in person. I can't wait to see if this Sharks group that's playing so well defensively right now, two goals or less, uh, uh, two or less goals against in six consecutive games, first in shots against, second in goals against average, they've spiked up to number five on Sportsnet's power rankings, I want to see if this team can find a way to neutralize the NHL's top scoring offense. The Lightning, of course, coming into this one averaging nearly four goals a game. This team has the top two scorers in the NHL in Steven Stamkos with 25 points, Nikita Kucherov with 23 points, and Kucherov is also the top goal scorer with 14 on the year. This team has a future Norris Trophy winner, I believe, in Victor Hedman. He was actually pretty hot on Brent Burns' heels toward the end of the season last year. Vazilevsky, legitimate starting goalie. This team has everything, including a pretty damn smart GM in Steve Eiserman, who had a major fire burning in his kitchen just two winters ago with Stamkos headed toward free agency, unrestricted free agency, and Jonathan in sitting out demanding a trade. And look where this team is now. Tops in the Eastern Conference. 11-2-2, 24 points. And I'm not trying to thump my chest here. I know I'm not alone in this. But you came into this season going, you know what? This Lightning team, these guys are the team to beat. I did anyways. And for me, it starts with the simple fact that I just don't think that anyone can win three cups in a row. In this day and age. The parody. The injuries. The grind that is the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's no cheap rounds in the Stanley Cup playoffs anymore. And I mean kudos to the Penguins for going back to back. The first team since the Wings in 97-98. But three in a row? I'll believe it when I see it. Then you you look around the league and you go, who could possibly supplant the Pittsburgh Penguins? The Caps? The Caps? nah that window is closing brah the Leafs I believe their day's coming but not quite yet the Blackhawks maybe maybe boy wouldn't a rematch of the 2015 Stanley Cup Final be juicy they have to be in consideration every year but the Lightning they're the team to me that most resembles the Penguins And that they play that modern game. They've got that speed. They've got that skill. They've got that line depth. And remember, the year the Sharks went to the Cup Final, the Lightning was right there. They took the Penguins to seven games. There wasn't a whole lot of difference between those two squads. My gut tells me that if there were a rematch in the Eastern Conference Final this year, the Lightning would have the edge this time around. And I'm of the belief that the Eastern Conference, with the way they play a little faster, a little more skilled, I believe the Eastern Conference has the upper hand right now. Hey, (laughs) Lightning Kings would be pretty intriguing too, wouldn't it? Yeah, I know you don't want to hear that, Sharks fans, but I'm not here to coddle you. By the way, since I am looking at the standings right now, and I know it's way, 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 way too early for this. But right now, first round playoff matchup, Sharks-Kings, baby. Just saying. How fun would that be? Look at the way the Kings are going. Sharks weathering their early season struggles. Hard to imagine that those teams wouldn't collide in the Pacific Division playoffs if they both get in. and But I am digressing here. Tonight is going to be interesting because the question I have is this. Are we going to see a replay of the 2016 Stanley Cup Final in this matchup? I let off by talking about the tremendous defense the Sharks are playing, but if you read my column yesterday... The Sharks' defense, as Pete DeBoer points out, this isn't the 1995 New Jersey Devils. They aren't keeping their forwards high up above the dots in the O-zone. They aren't retreating back into the neutral zone so that they have five guys there when the puck comes across the blue line. These guys play their defense in the O-zone. They play defense by tilting the ice possessing the puck, grinding teams down on the forecheck. As I mentioned, it's very similar to the 49ers in that Jim Harbaugh-Alex Smith era or the 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers. You help the defense out by holding on to the ball. You eat up the clock with eight, nine-minute, ten-minute drives. You keep that other team's offense off the field. You can't get burned by a high-flying offense in the game of football if they aren't on the field. That's how you beat those teams at the high-octame offenses. You run the ball, you move the clock, you keep them off the field. And that's how the Sharks went through the Western Conference playoffs in 2016. But, but... That didn't work once they reached the Stanley Cup final. And maybe that's where hockey diverts from football. Well, (laughs) it diverts from football in a lot of places. But I'm, I'm talking about this analogy here, guys. God. Because the Penguins' offense, they're actually on the ice, even when they're in the D zone. It's not like football, where when... You're playing defense, Tom Brady's not on the field. No, Sidney Crosby's still on the field. And what we saw is that that relentless Sharks 4-check wasn't as effective against the Penguins because they were just too damn fast. They could play chip and chase out of the D zone. They get the puck, they flip it into space, fire it off the glass, they can win that race to the loose puck in the neutral zone or in the D-Zone for that matter. With their speed, they had the antidote to the Sharks' puck possession style of game. They were holding on to the kryptonite. And my gut tells me that we could see more of the same with the Tampa Bay Lightning in town tonight. So keep an eye on that. To me, that's, that's the theme I'm looking at in this evening's game. Now, let's switch gears a bit here and dive into that Matt Duchesne trade. Obviously, Duchesne is a guy that we've identified here on the Gackle report as potentially the perfect fit for the post Patrick Marlowe, potentially post Joe Thornton one day Sharks. He is that modern NHL player, fast, skilled, can play defense. Win faceoffs at a 60% clip. And then you look down the road, you could have a couture Duchesne center alignment that would replicate that dynamic that you've had in San Jose for years with a Joe Thornton Logan couture one two punch. And of course, as spring turned into summer earlier this year, we knew that the asking price was just going to be too high. But as summer turned into fall, you also kind of went, hmm, isn't Sackett going to have to come down to earth here a bit? Can he really keep Duchesne on this team as a cancer under these circumstances? Is anyone going to bite on the hook with what he's asking for? And we found out the answer on Sunday, a big fat yes. Hats off to Joe Sackick. He faced a lot of criticism from jerks like me, jerks like us. He stayed in that kitchen when it was smoking. And he won a King's Ransom. He gets a blue line prospect Samuel Gerard. He gets a forward, Vladislav Kaminov. And Shane Bowers, the 28th pick in the 2017 draft. Goalie Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar, boy is Sackick going to be in trouble when he reveals that he's a bigger fan of the Whopper. I'm telling you folks, get ahead of this brewing controversy. Joe Sackick also gets a conditional 2018 first round pick, a 2018 second round pick, and a 2019 third round pick. And look what the Ottawa Senators gave up to get Matt Duchesne. A legitimate top six center in Kyle Turris. Their top pick from the 2017 draft, again, that's Shane Bowers. That conditional first round pick coming up in this June's draft, or is it next June? I never know. Like when is it? We've passed it. Is it still this June because we're in 2017? I'm very confused by all of this and a third-round pick in 2019, and the Hamburglar. So to me, this is sort of like the Sharks giving up, I don't know, I mentioned this in the call, Tomash Hurdle, Chris Tierney, last year's first-round pick, this year's first-round pick, a third-round pick in Arendell or Troy Grosnick. And that's not even really a fair comparison. There really isn't a one-to-one analogy for the Sharks on this trade, because the Sharks don't really have a Kyle Turris type player. I think Logan Couture is a lot better than Kyle Turris, but Kyle Turris is above Tomas Hurdle. Because you're talking about a guy who's had three 20-goal seasons, three 50-point seasons. He doesn't have the knee concerns that we have with a Thomas Hurdle. So what is the one-to-one? There really isn't one there. So I threw Tierney into the mix, but that's probably not that fair, probably not that accurate. Maybe Hurdle and Donskoy. I don't know. Maybe that's too much. You tell me. I'm sure I'll hear from you. You guys are never shy about letting me know what you think. And I like that about you. I look for that in an audience, quite frankly. But this just brings me back to the springtime and the summer. I would laugh when I would hear others say, well, it's time to move on from Patrick Marlowe. Mr. Shark. It's stale. It's time to bring in some fresh faces. Someone who can put some butts in the seats. They can go get a John Tavares. They can go get a Matt Duchesne. Time to bring in a new face for the franchise. That's a nice little hot take you got there. And that probably will get you a good day of traffic. But come on, get real. It's just so hard to find those Olympic caliber players when you're never, ever, ever drafting in the top five. Pete DeBoer talked a little bit about that yesterday. And it doesn't help when you fumble on a top 10 pick either. Hey, who said that? Who said that? Those Olympic caliber players, they rarely hit the free agent market. You can see what it costs to get them via a trade. Sometimes you can do it straight up. You can get a Ryan Johansson for a Seth Jones, a PK Subban, for a Shea Weber, well, that was kind of a steal there. That doesn't really illustrate my point. But you catch my drift. But you're giving up something in those trades. This sport, the NHL, hockey, this isn't baseball where you can go, okay, Marlowe and Thornton, they're getting on in their careers, a little long in the tooth. It's time to move on. And then when winter hits, you throw a big bag of money at the biggest free agents on the market. That's not how this league works. This is a draft and develop league. Now the Sharks still have cap space. They still have assets. Let's see how the season develops. Maybe there's some teams that are way out of it by the winter time who need to dump some bodies and get younger. The Sharks are in a better position probably right now to acquire scoring help on the wing than they were in the summer because suddenly they have what everybody out there wants. Blue line depth. I don't think the Sharks are freaking out at all by Paul Martin's absence over the last month. It's given a nice little showcase for Yoakam Ryan in a tough assignment, quite frankly. Not everyone can be Brent Burns' D partner. I know he's the Norris Trophy winner. You know, Mark Edward Vlasic really struggled in that role when uh, Todd McClellan experimented with it a couple of years ago. The robot needs predictability. And Burns had the robot software all out of whack. But Yoakam Ryan... Calm, cool, poised. He handles this assignment like an eight-year vet. And this has only been his first 10 NHL games. So I'd imagine he's raising some eyebrows elsewhere too. And look, guys, I know you fans out there are saying, I don't want to let go of Yokum. I don't want to trade Tim Heed. Let's trade DeMello. Let's trade Justin Braun. That's not how this works. Fans always want to trade their least desirable assets. I keep hearing, it's time to trade Mikel Bodker. You can't trade Mikel Bodker right now. His value is too low. It's the, it, You know, trading's kind of like selling stocks. You're not going to get anything for him now. His stock needs to rise. You purchase that stock at $4 million a year. You don't want to trade it at 800000 a year. Remember Nikolai Goldobin, guys? The Sharks traded him as his stock was free-falling. And what did they get? A 32-year-old winger who can't even crack the lineup right now. If I'm sitting at the negotiating table with Doug Wilson and he tells me, hey man, this DeMello kid... He's going to be a stud. I go, really? Why the hell can't he crack your lineup? Why isn't he getting in there ahead of Ryan and Heed? And let me tell you, at that negotiating table, what the GMs are asking for is Tim Heed. That's the guy GMs want. But the Sharks can't give him up. Other than Burns, they have no offense from that back end. Tim Heed is just too valuable to the Sharks right now. What a revelation he's been. Ryan, on the other hand, in a perfect world, and maybe this is where we're headed, he replaces Paul Martin down the line. But if you want to go shopping this winter, and I'm not saying this is what you should do, but GMs are going to want one of those young blue liners. And guess what? If Ryan was still playing for the San Jose Barracuda in the AHL, those GMs would be going, okay, Doug, I get it. He's ripping up the A. But we're talking about a six-round draft pick here. A little older is Yoakum Ryan. I'm not convinced that his game translates to the National Hockey League. I need to see him at the NHL level. And now that that's actually happening, his success is going to give Wilson some bargaining power. I guarantee that. That's all I'm saying. If you want a scoring forward, they're going to want a D-man. And the D-man they want is not going to be Paul Martin, Justin Braun, or Dylan DeMello. You need to give something up to get something in return, and you're probably going to need to compromise on Joachim Ryan because I just don't think you can trade Tim Heed. Let's get back to Mark Edward Vlasic. He's snide. He's snarky. He knows how to use sarcasm, and that's what I love about this guy. He was back at it again yesterday, poking the NHL, poking that bear we call the NHL, right? He blasted the league in April for pulling out of the 2018 Winter Olympics. He criticized the NHL in training camp for cracking down on slashing, suggesting it's just a cheap way to create more offense. When are they going to do something that helps the defense out, right? Now, he's been on the shelf for about a week with a head injury, and he's calling the concussion protocol into question. And I think this is of interest to us here on the Gackle Report, because you'll, I, I talk about concussions a lot. I do think that this is the sports story of our generation. I really do. I feel like we're in a global warming type territory with head injuries where the scientific research is jarring and some of us are in denial. I talked a lot about this during the Stanley Cup playoffs last spring. When Sidney Crosby suffered a concussion against the Washington Capitals, he missed the game and then he was back in the lineup. It was suspicious for a guy who has recurring concussion issues. And I said, can you really pull these guys off the ice? A guy that's as competitive as Sidney Crosby, if he wants to play. Well, Vlasic basically said yesterday that the baseline tests that he took are a joke. Here's his quote. It's just a written test. In order for me to fail that, I'd have to be in a coma. The baseline cannot show how I'm feeling. I can easily do it if I'm concussed. Mark Edward Vlasic, as honest as the day is long. As honest as the day is long. And and I say that, that leads to the next question. You know, I say, Mark, like, what can the NHL do then? What do you do? How do you keep a guy off the ice These things are serious. This is your future. Are you guys concerned? And he says, it's just being honest with yourself. Everybody wants to play, but if you get hit again, you might not play for the rest of your life. So the test is just a guideline. He's punting it back to the players. So I go, well, what do you make of this whole concussion protocol that the NHL has and his quote is, "It's great. It's what the league wanted, so it must be great." And the thing is about that quote: when you read that quote in print, you don't you don't get a sense for the sarcasm he was using. So thanks to Mark Edward Vlasic for being honest. I do think he sheds a little bit of light on the NHL's concussion protocol there. What I'm reading into the lines, and this isn't exactly what he said, but what I'm reading into this is that if he was concussed and he wanted to play, he can play. Those tests aren't going to stop him. He's saying it's up to the player. You have to know the long-term risks to your health. But I think that that throw, I mean, I I don't, yeah, I don't don't know. Because I don't know that Sidney Crosby is going to think that way. When he's chasing after a Stanley Cup. I think he wants to get out there on the ice. So still a lot of question marks surrounding the NHL's concussion protocol. What do we do to save these players from their themselves? Is this actually working? That's all the time that we have today on the Gackle Report. Folks, please enjoy the game tonight. Should be a dandy Might be, I don't know when the next podcast is coming, but we'll get to it at some point. I will not leave you for that long, I promise. But don't be so needy. You want me to come back, don't you? We'll be back with you soon, folks. On that note, I'm out. Darn